1: DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, a.k.a. BlenderEd. Blender HD. you're going to follow me on Twitter. And it's Friday, Friday, November 11th, and we'll be talking about tomorrow's 14-fight UFC card pay-per-view, UFC 281, right? Yeah, 281. It's 281. Uh, well, we'll be taking a look at some combinations, some some things that uh strategic Line of construction considerations that we have to look at for tomorrow. Uh, I recorded an hour and a half for so long. MMA Ground and Pound podcast with uh, Mike and Liam last night. That should be up for premium members today, along with the expert survey. So click on that link in the description. Sign up for a Roto-Grinders combo premium package. You get all the ownership, all the projections, all the premium content for everything. For all the sports, NFL, NBA, MLB. When it's around PGA, anything you want, soccer, we got World Cup coming up, so go click on that and uh, and and pick it up. Give me those dummy thumbs. You know how much I like the like button here early in the morning. <coughs> still got it. Still got a lingering cough, so uh, this show maybe maybe a little bit shorter than usual, just to go over the UFC slate. Good morning. Wataz came in obviously at five fifty six last night when the thumbnail went up, and to say good morning. Uh, but he still came, still came in at 1040, to say it again. Uh, good morning, d Daniel Hutchins, yes. Nerdy Tanner won uh, 300000 Solo first place on uh, in the showdown slate yesterday for uh, Thursday Night Football. What a game.
0: What a game.
1: What a game. Fucking horrible. <laughs> oh, yeah, you just build crappy showdown lineups and just hope for a garbage game. And there you go. You got it. You got it. Uh, oh, we got a question. JDLair2 Good morning, Blender. Will you explain, please explain the difference in the RG lineup optimizer regarding build settings at 50% range of outcomes versus 50% range of outcomes with true range randomness? Uh, true range, I've, I've explained this, um, probably 80, 87 times. So, probably be a good idea to, to watch past podcasts. We also have a, a Discord that you could go into the lineup HQ help channel and they can answer that. Uh, just want to just want to highlight that it's oh no we just put settings in and never explain anything uh range of outcomes this is, this is all randomness so like the normal range of outcomes is linear it's basically linear versus distributional so if you if you don't have true range randomness on and you set it for let's say 10 percent, right i'm not gonna run anything what that means is that Every time a lineup is is built and run, every time a lineup, you know, it builds one lineup, then builds two lineups, builds three lineups. It's going to take, let's say, like Jason Tatum is 50.07, right? It's going to take anywhere between 10% or whatever number you put in, 10% plus, 10% minus. That's linearly. So what's 10% of 50? Five, Five points. So if you put in 10%, it'll go... Between, it'll assign Tatum a uh, median projection of anywhere from 45 to 55 every time it's run. So 49.86, 53.24, 46.18, you know, like it'll any somewhere within 10% of that linearly, right? It just takes into account what the middle number is. True range randomness is distributional, which means it takes into account the, the player's floor and the ceiling which could be slightly not not normal. So 10% would be 10% of the distance between this number, let's say Jason Tatum right here, 50 and 36.89, and then 50 and 63.7, right? So the distance between 50 and 36, let's just say, is 14. So 10% would go 1.4 in this direction. And the ceiling is what, like, thirteen points. So it's like one point three in the other direction. So it'll take into account the floor and the ceiling. So you put in hundred percent randomness in true range, you're gonna get you're gonna get randomly somewhere a uh, uh, projection somewhere between the floor and the ceiling, somewhere between thirty six point eight nine and sixty three point seven. You do fifty percent, it's gonna be the fifty percent of that distance. Ten percent would be ten percent of that distance. If you do regular randomness, 100% would mean like it goes the whole, the whole, what's 100% of 50? Zero. I mean, it would go from zero to 100, right? Because it's just doing it linearly. It's not comparing it to any type of floor, ceiling, any type of one standard deviation range. So that's the difference. So if you go into build rules, if you click on true range randomness, it'll even show you, right? If you click the little information button. True range randomness limits the possible fantasy points selected by the builder at random to the player's true projected range of outcomes. At 100% randomness, the minimum fantasy points would be the player's first percentile outcome. Okay. So even past the floor and the ceiling at 100% randomness, the maximum fantasy points is the 99th percentile outcome. Lowering the randomness will constrict the range of to the center point with 10% randomness setting along only a 10 percentile range from 45 to 55th percentile as example. Can only be used with fantasy points and when floor or ceiling values are present. So there you go, nice explanation right there. Just right in, right there, right. All you have to do is like hover over the eye buttons. It's kind of weird. Okay. Good morning to everyone else in the chat. Give me those thummy thumbs. Tomorrow's MMA slate is a good slate. I think it's a, it's a very good slate. We got 14 fights. There's a lot of uh, combinations that can be made. We have two five round championship fights. Uh, I think the, the, the women's fight is going to be, I don't know. It should be more owned than, uh, than men's fight. Whenever there's an Israel Adesanya fight, I, I mean, I essentially, I just click his name, out. right? He's kind of knockout dependent for a hundred points, right? And in the decision, five round decisions, he scores like 78, 86. He's not a, he's not a high volume striker. He's not a grappler. He's just a very smart point fighter and he's facing basically another kickboxer. So it's seventy six hundred. I, mean, I think I'm more likely to play Pereira than 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 Izzy. But in the female matchup, you have Zhang Wei Li, who's you know who has volume, and Carla Sparza, who's down at sixty eight hundred, whose whose path to victory is wrestling, which means obviously you have a high ceiling when your path to victory is wrestling, especially in five rounds. The problem is with Carla is that if she doesn't wrestle, she's probably going to get killed. Right? That that's got into uh, Zhang Wei Li uh, over five rounds. If Carla can't uh, can't defend, can't get a takedown, Zhang Weili could put up 250 strikes. Okay, so that's why why Zhang Weili is going to be one of, if not the most popular fighters on the slate. And then we have, like, we don't have many grapplers on this slate, right? We really don't. We have Blanchfield up at 9,500. We have Petroski up at 9,200. Frivola, I guess, could. Moikano's more of a submission type of person. He's not like a volume grappler. I mean, Nikolaj Degamerano, I mean, he's just a big guy. Colio Puelas is not really a grappler. He's more of like just a one-dimensional one, one dimensional submission artist. Edgar can grapple, but he's also 41 years old, and I'm not— this is his retirement fight. And I, I, I haven't followed MMA for that long, for like two and a half years. All I know is when the people announce their retirement before they fight, I, I don't—I've I've never seen someone win in that scenario. <laughs> it's their last fight. Here you go. I'm dead. So I don't know about that. So you take a look. There's not there's not many grapplers for these high point decision wins. Uh, but also they're going to be popular though. Like I think Petroski is going to be popular. Blanchfield at 9,500. This this type of build. If you build like Blanchfield, Waylee, Li, Pereira, we'll get to a Zytar, because he's going to be very. He's going to be the most pop. he will be the most popular underdog. Like this type of build. I think a lot of builds are going to be up and down. Okay? Because they, we got some underdogs that have decent ITD lines, like Ryan Spann, Michael Chandler, I guess, maybe. People people will play, for, well, maybe not Edgar as much. But I think it'll be more up and down. I think it's more likely, you know, they play Poirier here. Right? Well, Asparza, you know, something they'll do something like this. You got Ryan Spann right there. There you go. Like, don't play this lineup. This lineup will be duped a lot. Blanchfield, Whaley, Pereira, Zaitar, Poirier, Span. Look, 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 at, look at the ownership here. I think Blanchfield's going to be more than 20% owned, but she, I don't think she's going to be higher than 30% owned. So if you're going to play Blanchfield, maybe you don't play Waley. Now let's get to Zaitar. Zaytar is the mispricing of the slate. Uh, Favola technically opened. When the pricing came out, he opened as the favorite, but dramatic money came in on the other side. Zaitar is undefeated. I mean, a lot of it is regional. Provola uh, just got this. You know, well, he no, actually did well his last fight, but like Azaitar, if we we take a look at uh, that's the survey, Maybe take a look at my odds sheet. Azaitar <clears throat> right now is minus one hundred five inside the distance, and he's seventy seven hundred. Okay, so it's not just a money line value. So like. A I at 7,700 at minus 145 is the money line value of the entire slate, right? He should be priced at 8,500. The, the, the prices should have been flipped. But even at 8,500, on a minus 105, inside the, he is the second highest inside the distance line on the entire slate. Dominic Reyes is the only one higher, minus 120 currently. And Dominic Reyes' his path to victory is it's a knockout. He's, he's not going to wrestle. <coughs> Uh, so even at 8,500, if we flip the salaries the Zaitai would still be one of the most popular fighters on the slate. So I have him down at like 38% him. I wouldn't be shocked if he was 44%. Home. So you really have to be careful, especially in large field, but also in small field, to some extent of the combinations of fighters that you're making, like making those Whaley Poirier. So I think Poirier is going to be popular in the, in the low, 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 uh, in the high eight Ks, like in the low nine K range, like a lot of people will pick. They'll get like Blanche real or Wiley. Like even if you don't build those really barbell lineups, they'll do something like Whaley, Petrosky, Poirier, right? And then you look down here, and it's like okay, Ryan Span or or uh, Puelles against Hooker, right? Seven thousand five hundred there, a Zaitar. Then he got 7,300 left, and he could play, uh, I don't know, Frankie Edgar or something like that. Or if you don't play Wei Lee, you go up to Blanchfield, and then you play spars on that last spot. Like, these are the constructions that are going to be used the most. Most lineups, just like on, most, on, on slates with two five-rounders, will contain two five-rounders. I don't think that's the best construction. I... Uh, I'm more likely to just play one five rounder and hot take on this slate, which I, I, I discussed in the ground and pound podcast is that I think there's a good chance, a better than normal chance. I'm not saying it's the most probable, but better than normal chance that the optimal lineup contains no fighter from the two five round fights. Cause if we take a look at how these fights can score. Obviously Izzy fights are typically very low scoring. Played out on the outside, on the feet, subject, like the 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 only way to score well, pretty much, is a is a early knockout. Yes, it's not, it's not, it's not the gap between the fighters isn't as big as a normal Izzy fight, where he's a 9K fighter, nine K fighter, ninety two hundred dollar fighter, and that's an easy X out. But still it's a fourteen fight card. So like, is ninety points gonna be good for uh, for Izzy? I, I'm probably not, not even an eighty six hundred. So it's like if if Izzy wins even in a late stoppage or in a decision, I don't think he makes the optimal. I think even at 7600, if Alex Pereira wins a decision, he may still only score like 70 points. So outside of a knockout in the main event, which isn't likely, we see the we see the knockout lines. let me move everything over. Izzy's plus 300 inside the distance and Pereira's plus 260. Like, not that good. Then we take a look at the, the, the other five-round fight. We have Zhang. Zhang Wei Li versus Carla Esparza. But remember, that fight is massive when it comes to a price difference. If if Carla wins, Carla most likely doesn't win a decision. Even, even A, if she did win a decision, it's going to come through wrestling. So if Carla wins... She she probably is going to be optimal at 6,800 with her path to win. The difference is, is that Zhang Weili. If if this is a 48-47 decision because Esparza's had two rounds with Weili on her back, and Weili gets a decision even with like a ton of strikes, at 9,400, I think maybe she only scores 90 points. And on a 14 fight card when she's 9,400, I don't know if that I don't think that's optimal. Now if she gets a finish in the first, you know, three rounds, probably over 100. Same for Sparza. That's why I prefer this the, the the women's championship fight to the men's. But there are definitely there are a lot of situations where Zhang wins maybe a fourth round stoppage and puts up 90. And just isn't optimal for that price at ninety four hundred. She was cheaper, yeah. That's a different story. And then, and then, obviously, Esparza winning most likely optimal. Okay. And then in the Izzy Izzy Pereira fight goes to decision. Neither one are optimal. Like it's quite possible that the large field GPP winning lineup contains no fighter from the two five round fights, and I will be making lineups that that look like that. All of my lineups, no, but I likely will not be making any lineups that contain two five round fighters because they, those types of lineups typically, typically go very, very over And it just limits the amount of uh, combinations you can make, right? When we have, when we have, if we take a look at my my sheet, we have Whaley at 48%, Adesanya at 30%, Pereira at 28 or 30%, Esparza at over 20%. Like, they just lead you to certain fighters. And then we have that Zaytar here at 38%, 40%. P- Petrovsky and Poirier over 30%. It just leads you to a lot of fighters. Like, very similar constructions. So, I just want to stay away from that. So, like, I can play a Poirier in a lineup. It just Poirier in a lineup is, uh, you know, a lineup that doesn't contain, like, is, is a Dominic Reyes lineup. Like, something like Dominic Reyes, Poirier, Right. With no, like you play Carol uh, Kalvulkavich or Cole Ullsberg, you go kind of try to go down the middle more. Maybe play Wellington Termon as leverage against Petrosky. Right. You have some type of lineup like this, even if you play, you know, Moikano up there and then play Gomez Juarez or something. Like this type of lineup. Like these are the type of the lineup. I'm going to try to use like three mid, mid 8K type lever fighters. My favorite one being Dan Hooker. I'm probably taking the biggest stand with on Dan Hooker on this slide. I think, I think the I think the way that Quellas fights, Puelas is very similar like what we had with Viana, Pollyanna-Viana last week. Like either they win in the first round or they're dead. Right? Either Quellas gets a leg lock on Hooker or Hooker ends up on top and beats the crap out of him. And I think his ceiling is very high for 8,700 in this matchup. And so many more people are going to be playing Poirier. And more people will play Puelas. So, like, my lineups look more like Chandler, Hooker, rather than Poirier, Puelas. The issue is what to do with the Zaitar. I will play some Matt Favola as leverage against the Zaitar at 8,500. But it's quite possible that Favola wins the fight and doesn't score enough. It's also possible that a Zaytar wins and doesn't score enough either at 7,700. It's quite possible a third-round knockout ain't going to be enough. A Zaytar ain't wrestling. So I consider a Zaytar to be a round-one-or-bust type of fighter, and at 40% owned. Can it it be a complete fade? No, it can't be, because he's minus 105 inside the distance for 7,700. The value is just too strong. You're probably playing him in cash games. Just for the money line value. And really, the prices should be reversed. I'll answer any questions in the YouTube chat. Feel free to type them in. Dave Clark says, I know nothing about MMA. Probably just need to listen to Blender for an hour and win a GPP. You could. Dude, I didn't know anything about MMA, really. Until I started playing MMA DFS. You don't need to. I don't think you need to know that much. If you just went by, went the win, the money line odds, the inside the distance line, the round one line, and the ownership, and maybe a median projection, just that the average, you know, weight out kind of like decision wins, I think you're fine. I don't think you wouldn't have to know anything about any of these fighters. You could do it. I mean, if I just weighted everything this way and I got my rating over here, I could just do that. Obviously, it's not all filled out. This will change. The lines will change. But you can see, according to my model, it's not really a model. The guys that I will be under on are Montel Jackson overowned. I have Israel Adesanya overowned. I got Alex over overowned. I got Carlos Barza overowned. I got like Brad Riddell and Nikolai kind of a little overowned got even Mocano a little over-owned. Then under like I have Dominic Reyes under-owned. Gutierrez under-owned. Hooker under-owned. Ferv- Favola and Ulberg kind of under-owned. Ulberg definitely under-owned. The Zytar I technically have under at 38%, technically. And I have Wellington Term on under at like 12%. So you're going to see lineups that look like that. Those are the types of lineups that I'm going to have. I'm mentioning the people. Like when I play my six six single-entry three-max type lineups, I got two entries because I got two tickets into the 555. I play one lineup in the 200, one lineup in the 100. And I had this like a 55 and a 40. And then I add some, you know, the 12 to the other one. And I put them in other contests as well. Like that's the... The highest rated fighters in my model—that's typically who I play. Then, then I'll build—I'll probably build fifty to seventy-five large field lineups, and then I'll have, yeah, I'll have more of those guys, but I'll also mix in everything else as well. Defic asks any other sports that you apply your Max X fighters group methodology to avoid common high-owned combinations. Probably golf, small field, golf, maybe maybe NFL showdown. Depending, but there's correlation involved there. But I would say like small, small event golf, not, not, a, not a 156 golfer field. Like they have those WGCs, those invitationals where there's like 24 golfers or 30 golfers or something. Even the masters, I guess. Right. Cause like, like 30 of the golfers in the field of the masters are like old guys or the amateurs or something like that. They ain't winning. So you don't have you don't have as many combinations. So maybe maybe in those, but outside of that, I mean, MMA there's only 28 options. Ryan Mott said, "Any groups you would recommend besides only one main event fighter?"
0: <sighs>
1: Nothing that stands out because I mean there's there's enough there's enough combinations. Maybe Max, like I could see, like hold on. Because typically, I'm running through. Like, if if you if you download, you get the theory of DFS for advanced players. Like we have like the Excel tool for duplication checking and predicting. So I don't necessarily, unless it's completely obvious on the groups to avoid the combinations, I'll just run it through that regardless. Right? If I'm building the 75 large field lineups, I'm probably building 300 to 500 and then removing then eliminate and getting the 75 from there. And I'll just throw it into the, the duplication predictor with all the, with the, the ownership and I'll remove the, the higher own lineups anyway. So I don't have to worry as much about groups when using that tool, but I would think that what, what we went before, like Wiley, like Wiley Poirier, like you just go by ownership, Wiley Poirier, a Pereira. I mean, you're not gonna play Izzy and Pereira in the same lineup, but I could see like these five fighters, right? There's no like really high on right. I'm looking through. I mean, Puelas is 25. Maybe you do. Maybe you do that also. Like these six fighters, I could see making a group of like Max. I mean, I would do Max too but I could see max three. I would I'd probably still do max two to not make this type of lineup. Obviously not going to stack the fight in GPP. But you're going to see a lot of this combination. And then instead of Pereira, it would be Riddell, right? At 7,900 there. Or instead of Izzy, you'll see uh, who could fit in. Oh, that, I already took out Pereira. Who would fit in instead of Izzy? Right, Montel Jackson or something. Say Sung Wing Chu, Dan Hooker. Like, I think that's that's the those are the types of lineups that are most likely going to be duped. Right, take like like a max two approach of these six fighters: Wiley, Poirier, Zaytar, Pereira, Izzy, Puelas. Maybe you throw in Carla in there as well. Right. So you, if you're if you're playing max two, and you're only playing one at most one five-round fighter. You just, like, you don't want to have, like, like, in your non-five, like, like for instance, I wouldn't mind, even though I think Poirier and a Zytar are like, are going to be popular, but imagine playing a Poirier, a Zaytar lineup with no five-round fighters. Like, that's going to be much more unique. So let's say you play a Zaitar and Poirier. You don't play any of the five-round fights. You play, like, Dominic Reyes. I mean, you could even play, you could play Petroski if you want. Right, who's probably going to be popular? Also, you could probably throw him in the group. So let's say you do that, you're not playing any five round, you're not playing any five rounder, right? Well, you're gonna have to. You could play Puella. I mean, you could even play Puelas probably in this lineup. Right? You're gonna play Puelas. These are the highest owned guys that aren't in the five round fight. Then find a way around that, and then see see what else you could fit in. Right? Can you play like Silvana? And an '80s and Dan Hooker. Well, the already of Puelas in the lineup, right? You could do something like that. You could play two Alberg and Moicano, I guess. <coughs> like this lineup isn't bad, even though it contains high own guys. Just it doesn't contain a five round fighter. So maybe you don't want to exclude the possibility of getting this type of lineup, even though if you'd set max two in that group from before. You wouldn't get Poirier, Zaytar, Petroski, Puelas in the same lineup. you get a max two of those guys. But I think that the lineups that you don't have any of the five-round fighters in it, I think you're, you're, you have a lot more leeway in the combinations of fighters that you're playing. Like I said before, I don't think it's the most probable that no five-round fighter makes the optimal lineup. I just think compared to other slates that have two five-rounders, this is more likely than normal that the optimal lineup contains no five-round fighter. I think the most likely is it contains one, then two, and then zero, but the percentage of times for the zero is much higher, and the percentage of times for two is much lower than normal. Dave Clark said, you mentioned the five-round fights. How can I see how many rounds the fight is? Uh, well, it won't show here. You just have to know that that the two main events are Israel Adesanya versus Alex Pereira and Zhang Wang Lee versus Carla Esparza. You can also tell because typically their median projections are higher. right? You can almost you can almost tell by that. You know, just simply, it's like, well, how do I know if, uh, you know, it's very similar to baseball. How do I know this game is, is a doubleheader? Seven innings for a doubleheader when we used to have those. It doesn't say in in lineup HQ. Just just know that. Right, you go you go to UFC, UFC schedule, right, and you go oh main event co-main and these are title fights. Even here it doesn't even say five rounds. But yes, and any 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 UFC main event is five rounds, and any title fight is five rounds. Every once in a while there'll be some other fight like Nate Diaz wants to fight five rounds and they give it to him. But typically you know. On an Apex card, on a non-pay-per-view card, the main event is five rounds. Everything else is three rounds. Then on pay-per-views, we typically get a title fight. Title fights are always five rounds. So if there's three... We have some pay-per-views where there are three title fights, which means there are three five-round fights. Okay. Anything else? We've got to get out of here. Just a quick overview. Of the UFC card, right? This this is the only three UFC content that we do here at Roto Grinders. I would suggest you sign up for Roto Grinders Premium. Click on the link in the description. Get $10 off your first month of a combo premium. Or you get NFL, you get NBA, you get everything with it. You can get MMA with it. Listen to the MMA Ground and Pound podcast. Look at the expert survey. Liam always puts out like some type of picks article or something there you go you get you get the stuff right I, I you can even see look I could even fill'm I'm, I'm in the middle of filling out my expert survey you can see on the screen a little or our, our Google sheet that we put together right you can see here my who do I think will have the highest score of the week Dan Hooker you know he's gonna get debted by it, it Puelis isn't even gonna knee bar him or anything he's just gonna knock him out quick win bonus Puelis. no if Puelas is gonna go for for leg locks and stuff like that. If he doesn't get it, like Hooker is just going to destroy. Him. Like, dude, yeah. Oh, Hooker's lost the last three fights. He's fought like the best fighters. He's fought fighters that he shouldn't have. He shouldn't beat. Collier Puellas is not that. Is not that. I'm almost shocked that the line is only minus one forty five. Kickstart says thanks. Don't dupe do me, bro. Don't dupe do me. Don't do me in lineups tomorrow. But you know, you what you could do? Give me those thummy thumbs. You know how much I appreciate the thummy thumbs. If you if you're not going to get Roto Grinders Combo Premium, if you're not going to get the Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports for advanced players, which gives you that duplication predictor tool, as well as ten chapters of audio, how to apply profitable DFS strategies for advanced players. Pick it up at theoryofdfs.com. If you're not going to do that, the least you could do is hit the thumbs up button. Right? Hit the thumbs up button. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. We got tons of content today. We've got the solo ship show for NFL. We got the tournament take show. Uh, I'm obviously the premium game theory show. That's for that's for premium people only with me and Tuttle. That'll be posted later today. Uh, we got uh, Grinders Live later for NBA Crunch Time, which is free all year, presented by FanDuel. You can check that out. Got golf stuff. We got uh, Friday is always a busy day for the, the NFL main slate. Got the blitz show for premium members tomorrow. College football, right? College football, college basketball. We got everything. NHL. You want NHL projection? The World Cup comes a week and a half. The World Cup's here. We'll have World Cup projections. We have EPL Premier League tomorrow morning. I'll be playing that. We got projections for that. So sign up. Do something. Do something with yourself. Right? Or hit the thumbs up button. The least you can do. Just hit the thummy thumbs and we'll be fine. And I'll be back on Monday. Right, with James talking about talking about what what are we talking about? Jay's about Justin Fields breaking the slate again? Are we gonna be talking about that as chalk? What chalk are we gonna talk about? Going, uh-uh, the, uh the dog, every all the chalk hit, or all the chalk failed. It's gonna be one of the two. But we'll be talking about that next week as I answer your DFS strategy questions, like I, I always try to do here, Monday through Friday, eleven o'clock Eastern, on the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com.